Gentlemen, what's going on? Welcome back. We are on day two, and I'm as pumped up as ever. I hope you're equally as pumped. I'm fucking ready to go and rowdy as they come. Today, we are going to dive even deeper into action taking. So starting to get a little bit more exciting. So we have a very firm grasp now on what motivation is, what discipline is, and the relationship they have with one another. Now we can dive even deeper into discipline itself. So how does it work? When do we need it? Why do we want it? Why should we use it? Who should use it? Etc. They're all very valid questions. We're about to answer them. So as we know, or as we should know, discipline is doing the things that are required to get you a certain outcome, regardless of whether you feel like doing those things or not. But what does that actually mean on a deeper level? Discipline is a really tricky thing to master because it's one of the only skills that requires the skill you're building to build the skill itself. So think about it like this. Imagine if you wanted to build a hammer from scratch, but one of the tools required to build a hammer was a hammer. That's what building discipline is like. When you feel like being disciplined, it's easy to do. But when you don't feel like being disciplined, then it's hard. But the thing is, that's when it's most important to be disciplined. It's a genuine paradigm. And so essentially, without a base level of discipline, it's impossible to build the skill itself. So where the fuck am I going this? I'm going to tell you. I think this actually works well and truly in your favor because whether you see it or not, you do have a base level of discipline, which means you have the tools required to build an unbreakable level of discipline and turn yourself into a man of excellence. And if you don't believe me, just think about it like this. Do you brush your teeth every day? Do you shower every day? Do you get up and go to work when you need to? If you answered yes to any of those or all of those, hopefully, then you have a degree of discipline. And so that being said, if you can start to understand there are going to be times where our mind is going to do its absolute fucking best to convince us that we don't need to be disciplined, then we can prepare for that. And what we know is coming is what we can prepare for. So if you know it's going to rain, you can wear a poncho, you can take an umbrella. But if you go outside and it's sunny and it's, you know, 35 degrees Celsius for all my American listeners, and then 30 minutes later it starts pissing down with rain, you're unprepared. You're not going to have a plan in place to stop you getting soaked and you're probably going to have a miserable time. And so the same applies to discipline. If you have your action plan and you know that there are going to be times, there's going to be a point where every single cell in your motherfucking body is going to want to give up on what you're doing or at least skip a day or skip a rep, then you can prepare yourself. You can wear your hypothetical poncho. You can get your hypothetical umbrella because you know that the hypothetical rain is coming. And so what we can do is we can actually create a plan within our action plan to keep us on the straight and narrow on the days that we feel the least motivated. Because at the end of the day, you need to show up as your best self when you're having your worst days. And if you can do that, not only does life become an easier game to play, but you begin to unlock true masculine excellence. And so what are you going to do when your mind starts playing tricks on you? When you start letting that negative self-talk creep in and take over. When you start self-negotiating, you start making excuses. That is exactly what we're going to unpack now by going one step deeper and actually establishing a stronger understanding of why we often give up on things and become undisciplined. And one of the key reasons, in my very humble opinion, is a lot simpler than you probably think. And at the same time, it is deep as all fuck. And that is, it often comes from a lack of self-worth and self-respect. You're probably thinking, no, Nick, you're a retard. What are you talking about? It makes complete sense. Think about it like this. If you don't view yourself in a very high regard, 
then you're unlikely to think you deserve positive outcomes. Therefore, you're likely to remain disciplined enough to get them. And so think of an individual who you, you don't have a lot of respect for. You might hold them in a pretty low regard. Someone who's lazy, they don't work a lot, they don't work hard. They have everything given to them on a silver platter by their rich fucking mummy and daddy. Now, ask yourself these questions. Does this person deserve all the great things that they want, even though they don't work for them? And do you think this person respects themselves enough to be disciplined? Again, if your answer to either, or most likely both of these was no, there lies your first problem. Because this is exactly, precisely how you're subconsciously viewing yourself. It's just hard to accept that because, well, it's painful to admit that you don't view yourself in a positive light. That's not easy. But contrary to what a lot of people say, I don't think you should just automatically love yourself. I think that's bullshit. I don't think you should automatically view yourself in a positive light. It's a facade. It's a load of shit. Because think of it like this. Do you think a murderer or a sex offender should love themselves the way they are? Fuck no. And by no means am I trying to compare you to these types of criminals, these absolute fucking scum of the earth. All I'm doing here is using an extreme example to highlight the fact that everyone has faults. Big, small, everything in between. And if we just accepted ourselves in our faulty state, then there's no reason for improvement. And if there's no reason for improvement, then you're not going to work hard. And if you're not going to work hard, then why do you deserve all the great things you want? Because great things are great because of their value and they get their value from the difficulty that is required in order to obtain those things. And so from here, what we want to do is actually rewrite the narrative. We want to change what we're telling ourselves, And instead of instantly going to, you know, I deserve what I want, I should love myself the way I am, start telling yourself, I deserve the opportunity to work hard for what I want. And that's where the line's drawn. You deserve an opportunity to work hard for what you want. And everyone deserves an opportunity to work hard for what they want. And you're probably thinking, all right, why the fuck do we have to phrase it like this? It's the same thing, just a couple of different words. Well, it's because we now know that one of the key reasons we struggle with discipline is because we lack self-worth and we lack self-respect. And the problem there is those things can't be faked. You can't fake self-respect or fake self-worth. You can't just magically pull them out of your ass, stare in the mirror and tell yourself you're worthy, right? You actually have to develop deep self-worth and build self-respect. And the best way to do that is through action, right? It's like Alex Hormozzi says, the best way to do that is to create a trail of proof behind you that you say things and you get them done. And so how do we do that? First and foremost, we need the opportunity to take action. If there's no opportunity, then you can't take action. And in my eyes, as I said, everyone deserves an opportunity no matter how good or bad of a person they are, which is exactly why we're going to start shifting our mindset into an I deserve an opportunity to work for what I want state. Now, the key point here, don't just say the empty words and move on and go, yeah, yeah, it's, it's not really working. You actually have to embody this new frame of thinking. You've got to connect with it emotionally. You've got to truly believe it because once you believe you deserve an opportunity to work hard for what you want, all of a sudden, a lot more opportunities are going to pop up crazy how the world works. And as you notice more opportunities popping up, you're going to be mentally primed to take action. Sweet. So what does that mean? What are you talking about, Nick? Again, you're a retard. No, the more action you take, the more confidence you're going to build, which directly correlates into self-worth and self-respect. And if you're gaining more self-worth and self-respect, then you're building the very first bridge towards complete and utter masculine excellence. So before we dive into today's exercise, one last thing I want to unpack, and that is the opportunity to take action. So if we're going to build a mindset around giving ourselves opportunities to take action, we need to know exactly what that means. So let's break it down. 
action is put very simply doing you know it's realizing you're out of clean clothes and doing the washing it's thinking of a business idea and creating a website it's understanding a concept and teaching it to others just like i'm doing now action is all about doing 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 but of course like everything else there are several different components to action and these components are thinking planning doing and feedback and i'm going to run through those stages very briefly so the thinking stage opens up the door to step into the planning stage. The planning stage opens up the door to step into the doing stage. The doing stage results in the feedback stage. And the feedback stage leads us directly back into the thinking stage. It's a very simple cycle. And when we look at it like that, it seems far too simple to be true. But the problem here is we very easily get caught up in each of the different stages as opposed to just constantly moving freely from one to the next and getting into that flow state. And so what we need to do is actually break through those barriers that prevent us from moving from one stage of the action cycle to the next. So why do we get caught in each stage? Again, the answer is very simple, but that doesn't mean solving the problem will be easy. So what we're going to do is break down each of these four stages in that cycle in more depth so we can gain a better understanding of why we get caught at each stage and how to break through the barriers. So stage number one is the thought stage. And to be brutally honest with you, most people never even make it past this stage. Most people go their entire lives never taking radical action on any of their inspiring thoughts. And the biggest problem with this is that it's a habit that reinforces itself. Why is that the case? Well, for starters, we create a state of analysis paralysis. So this is where you have a thought, for example, you know, starting a business, and then instead of simply creating a website and starting a social media page and getting that ball rolling, we overanalyze everything. Should I hire a marketing agency? Do I need to learn how to code? I've never sold anything before. How are people going to trust my credibility? What if it doesn't work? I don't know sales. I don't know marketing. I don't know copywriting. Blah, 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 fucking blah. We overanalyze everything and we believe that thinking more is going to solve more problems when in reality, it just brings awareness to even more problems. And guess what? The fastest way to find answers to these problems is through taking messy action. Chris Williamson once said something that completely resonated with me and that is trying to think your way out of overthinking is like trying to sniff your way out of a cocaine addiction. Doesn't fucking work. It makes the problem worse. So that's the first stage. The second stage is the planning stage. And the biggest challenge we face in the planning stage is perfectionism. So instead of accepting the fact that our first attempt at something new is going to be shit, and the sooner we get the shit out of the road, the sooner we'll learn to improve, we strive for perfectionism. And all that does is create a larger time gap between the thought and the action. And in doing so, the planning phase ends up being a massive brick wall between thought and action, when in reality, all it's meant to do is give you some level of guidance as you take those new steps towards messy action. And don't get me wrong, right? Planning's vital. You'd never walk across the road, never walk across the highway with a blindfold on. You wouldn't do that shit. And that's essentially what action without a plan is like. But what we often fail to realize is that a plan can be crafted up in literally less than 15 minutes. Literally less than 15 minutes. A shitty plan coupled with fast action far outcompetes a perfect plan without action every day of the week by a country mile. Keep that in mind. Shitty plan coupled with fast action far outcompetes the perfect plan without action. The next stage is the action stage. And I'll be quite frank, we don't really get stuck in this stage very often because it's where all the juicy stuff happens, but sometimes we still do. 
and that is due to comfort. We are comfortable with the current level of results we're getting. You know, think about it like a relationship. You asked out that beautiful woman, you started dating, you did everything in your power to wow the fuck out of her for three months, and then you got comfortable. You developed habits and structures within that relationship, and instead of constantly analyzing what's working and what's not, you allowed comfort to take over and you started running on autopilot. Now, the same applies to the action cycle. Taking action is the most important cog in the system, but the point of taking action quickly is so we can receive feedback quickly. And if we aren't taking a time out to actually stop the action and analyze the feedback, so then we can create a new plan and make a new approach, we're very likely moving in the wrong direction. And so that brings me into the last stage, which is the feedback stage. And very similarly to the planning stage, we can try and overcorrect and strive for perfectionism in the feedback phase. The key in this stage is to understand one piece of feedback, so one thought, and work out how you can improve your action plan and try again. The sooner you take your new action step, the sooner you create improvement and the sooner you can reanalyze and make even more improvements. It is a very, very simple cycle, but again, does not mean easy. Gentlemen, believe it or not, that's enough jibber-jabber for day two. We've covered enough and we're now going to do our exercise. So what we're going to do is get into some of the more juicy stuff. Yesterday, we created our first action plan. Today, we're actually going to take action on it. Simple as that. But there's a little bit more to it than that. What we're going to do first, and this might be foreign to you, this might be normal, we're going to spend five to 10 minutes journaling on a very specific prompt. And that prompt is as follows. What could happen if I started taking radical action on all of my ideas, hopes, and dreams? I'll repeat that. What could happen if I started taking radical action on all of my ideas, hopes, and dreams? So that's our journal prompt. Now, if you're completely new to journaling, don't stress. All you have to do is write out your thoughts on paper, on your notes, on your phone, whatever. Just imagine that someone stood you know, directly in front of you and asked you this question, what would you say? That's all journaling is. So pause me, spend five to 10, 15, 20, however long you need journaling on that prompt. And then once you're done, come back because we're going to take a very first step of our action plan. Now, if you're reading this before bed, obviously you probably can't take action tonight. So what you're going to do is plan a very specific time in your calendar to complete the very first step of your action plan tomorrow. And if you're reading this in the morning, then you can do it today. But here's the key part of this exercise. You must implement the action cycle. So you may or may not have noticed so far, we've already moved through the thinking and the planning stage in chapter one, right? We utilize our motivation. We've actually created a plan. Now you're about to enter the action phase. So make sure that once you've completed your first action step, you receive the feedback, you analyze the feedback, and then you actually write about the feedback. So you articulate your thoughts. And there's actually a section in the workbook to do exactly that. So gentlemen, make sure you do the journal prompt. Make sure you complete this exercise. Should not take longer than a few minutes. And I will see you lads tomorrow morning for another phenomenal day of chasing masculine excellence.